Welcome to the 2021 Tech Congress series. My name is Caitlin, and this series will follow our newest class of Congressional Innovation Fellows as they make their way to Congress. We'll keep in touch with them throughout the year and follow up with them at the end of the fellowship to explore the highs, the lows, the surprises, and the evolution of their experience. A little bit of background. Tech Congress was created after our founder, Travis Moore, saw the lack of technical expertise while working as a staffer in Congress. The fellows receive a two-week intensive training in politics and policy, and then talk to prospective offices and choose a placement in a congressional office that aligns with their skill set and politics. They then spend 12 months on the Hill, serving as tech policy advisors. Today, we'll be interviewing Dr. Celeste Chamberlain, a 2021 Congressional Innovation Fellow. Celeste teaches cybersecurity at the University of Maryland Global Campus in Eastern Shore and has also served as a cybersecurity expert for governmental agencies, including FEMA, DOJ, and DIA. Celeste will be supporting the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee under Chairperson Senator Gary Peters during her fellowship year. How are you doing, Celeste? Hi, Caitlin. I'm doing really well. How are you? Pretty great. Thanks for asking. I want to start this off by asking where did you grow up and how did that influence your interest in tech? So I grew up as a military brat. Um, my dad was in the Air Force, so we traveled all around. And we ended up in, in Virginia, in Northern Virginia. That's kind of where he retired and started his own government contracting agency. And I think that that influenced um, my interest in going into the technology field because that was around the time that a lot of cybersecurity um, things were happening. There was different ta attacks. The, the love bug uh, virus was a big one that people were talking about. And it just seemed really interesting. And so it made me want to pursue that as a career. That's amazing. It sounds like your dad's had a lot of influence in your career and your interest in cybersecurity. So what exactly made you interested in pursuing a PhD in emergency management and interested in that security part of computer science? Yes, my dad has a lot of influence um, on my career and why I went into cybersecurity. He foresaw that security was going to be a huge issue, and he really made sure to give me any articles that he would come across about security instances, even in high school before I really personally was interested in it. He was like, this, this is going to be a big thing. I think that you should read up on it. Um, and as I was going through my academic career, I got my degree, my bachelor's degree in computer science. And in that first job that I got um, after, after getting that computer science degree, it was with my dad's company. And like I said, he was a government contractor doing personal uh, physical security for the government, but that also tied back to different network securities that, that were, were needed. And so I was able to see how much the government relied on contractors to do this network security piece. And just being in the room where all these conversations were happening made me want to further my, my career in security. That's amazing. What made you want to go for that PhD relating to cybersecurity issues? And what made you want to pursue teaching as a part of that? So it's funny. I, I pursued my PhD because at the time I was a military spouse and we were moving all around. I would start 
working at a certain location. Um, we were living in the state of Washington at one time, and I was working as a security analyst for a hospital. Love the job. But anytime that you're in the military, you only stay in a place for maybe two or three years. And at the time, we were uh, heavy in the Iraq and Afghanistan war. So it was a lot of a lot of moving because of our duty station would change, but it was also a lot of moving because my husband would get deployed. And so with every move, I had to change jobs. And it got to the point where I was like, I just want to do something that's going to be stable. And I was thinking about, man, teaching would really give me that stability. I could be an online teacher. But trying to be an online professor is a very, very competitive field. I mean, a, a lot of people try to get this coveted online professor job, and you really have to have something that's going to make you stand out. And so I pursued my PhD in order to give me that, that leg up to try to get that career that would give me some stability um, in the teaching field. I went to Jacksonville State University uh, because it's an online program. And I, I actually, I started at George Washington University in a degree in computer forensics. And I love that degree. It was a great, great program. But my husband um, got, got deployed and, and we had to change our lives around. I think that was the time that we moved over into Europe, into Italy. And so I had to leave that program. And so I said, I, I'm not going to do anything where I have to actually physically be on location. And Jacksonville State University with the emergency management program was online um, besides coming to the campus for residency. And it just really fit my life as, as a military spouse. That's incredible. And I think that's such a great perspective to be sharing with people that might be listening to this podcast. It's, you know, life always gets in the way or, you know, is intrinsically a part of everyone's career and, you know, uh, different job pursuits. And I think it's always really important to remember that. I also know that you created a nonprofit, which is so amazing, called 314 Academy, which provides free courses and resources for parents and caregivers of people on the spectrum. So what made you interested in this issue and why did you start the nonprofit? Yeah, so, so great question. Thank you for that. Um, I started my nonprofit because my youngest son um, was diagnosed with autism. And when his diagnosis came, I had no idea what autism was. I didn't know what I needed or what he needed um, in order to really bring out the best of his abilities. There were so many things that I had to learn and I had to learn the hard way because this wasn't my field, you know, I, I t tell you about, I was into technology, I'm into security, I know nothing about the special needs community. And here I am just kind of thrown in, into this community when, when you get this diagnosis. So now I'm a special needs mom. And as I'm going through all this research, I'm thinking, man, there should be a place where special needs parents can go and get this information in an organized way, like, like a syllabus. And so I was thinking that I'm a professor. I've built tons of classes. I've built tons of online classes, tons of syllabuses. Maybe I can put the research that I'm doing and the education that I'm getting as I'm living this life into an organized way for other people so they don't have to spend so much time trying to figure this stuff out. 
No, that's really incredible. And I can definitely see how your background as a computer scientist and a professor really influenced your nonprofit as well. And I'm really happy to see all of those working in conjunction. So tell me a little bit more about what you did right before Tech Congress and why you decided to apply to Tech Congress. I know you've worked in governmental agencies before, but what made you want to shift over to the policy side of things? So when I was working in inside government and also for, for the private sector, it really all started with policies. There were so many pushes to try to get the um, different systems to be FISMA compliant. The government was coming out with all of these different acts for the agencies to comply with. And that was really my job was to read these acts, understand them, and then figure out how do I get my system to comply with that. And it's definitely a full-time, over-full-time job. I mean, I think when you're doing IT and you're doing IT security, you can expect to work a good 10-hour days on average. And like I said, with my son getting that diagnosis um, and trying to put a lot of time into figuring out his therapies that, that he needed and everything, I just had a moment where I had to shift my work-life balance. And so that's when I left uh, the government and I went to teaching because it gave me that, that work-life balance that I was looking for. I was able to choose how many classes I wanted to teach. Everything was online. Um, so it just really allowed me to still stay in the IT cybersecurity world, but also give me that time where I can spend with my son and spend with my family and give them the time that they need. Um, and so after a couple of years, when everything started to become more stabilized at home, I figured out a really good regime for, uh, for my son. And he was, he still is getting a lot of, um, getting a lot of, of talents and, and really doing well in his therapies. I saw an email come across my University of Maryland uh, email box for Tech Congress. And the email said, hey, make sure you share this with your students. It's a good fellowship for, for students to get involved in. And normally I would just take that information, post it to Blackboard and really wouldn't think anything else of it. But for some reason, I dug more into what this whole Tech Congress thing was. I had never heard of it, to be honest. And as I started digging into it, I said, this is amazing. This is exactly what I've been doing in government, seeing these acts passed from Congress. And then once they come down to me, I think, who wrote this? And why did they write it? Because some of the stuff is hard to actually implement. And you can tell that a person that may have not been sitting in the seat of an analyst or may not have been sitting in the seat of an operational person was the person to actually pass this stuff. So it was really, really interesting to me. And I wanted to get involved because I wanted to be able to voice those things that I've been dealing with in the field. And with my family doing well and with my career going well, I felt I had the time to get back into that. And so Tech Congress just came into my life at the right time. That's such a great story. And we're so happy to have you, especially given your expertise and all of your multitudes of experience. So on that point, I'm really interested to hear what you're most passionate about when you get to the Hill. What issues do you want to work on? And maybe what are some of the things you're most nervous about? 
Oh, goodness. Um, I'll start with what I'm most passionate about because what I'm nervous about can be a long list. I'm still passionate about cybersecurity issues. And now that we are in a new Congress with a new administration, and we've just had this huge government hack with, uh, with solar winds, it is at the forefront of everyone's mind. So I feel like I'm really here at a great time to pass some, some great legislation and to help pass some great legislation. And so that's what I'm, I'm most passionate about. I also want to really advocate for the vulnerable populations. Um, like I said, with my son and now being a part of the autism community, this community has so many members in it that are so, so talented, especially in the STEM fields. And I feel like it gets overlooked because there's that social block there. They, they may not come across as um, someone that may be easy to work with, or you may not really see their talents because they could be more, more introverted and not really understanding like the, the social nuances. And I think that that's a shame that there's so much talent and it's just being overlooked because we're not taking the time to really understand someone in a different way. And I'm hoping that I can, I can spread that message as well. As far as what I'm nervous about, I really don't know anything about Congress. Like I know I've read acts before and I, I know at a high level how bills work and, and things of that nature, but to really get down in the nitty gritty of how things happen, it's just something that's completely new to me. And I think that it's what I'm nervous about, but it's what I'm most excited about as well, because I think that that's going to make me such a better, well-rounded person when working in government. The fact that I've seen it from the executive side, and now I get to come over to the congressional side and see how things are made. I'm so excited to see what you do on the Hill. It's going to be a great experience. And I'm so excited to see all of the different bills you work on while in Congress. So last question, you've been in the DC area for longer than most of our fellows. Do you have any good food recommendations in the DC area, probably post COVID? Oh, that is a good question. Post COVID, I really don't know. Now that that the COVID restrictions are starting to get a little looser, um, you know, with, with all the vaccines being able to come out and everything, we're seeing the trends kind of decline. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, great restaurants um, popping up again. And I'm excited for that because I'm a big foodie. And for the last year, year and a half, you know, I, I haven't been going to restaurants as much. Um, but I do remember pre-COVID in the before times, I used to love going to Ben's Chili Bowl. There is, you know, historically Ben's Chili Bowl is like the one that kind of everyone knows about, especially President Obama went there. But it is really, really good. Like it lives up to the hype. And if you haven't been there, it's one of DC's greatest treasures. So I completely say that that should be a stopping point in, in looking around DC. I love Ben's Chili Bowl. That's such a good recommendation. All right, that's it. Thank you so much, Celeste, for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Caitlin, and thanks for everything that you've been doing with Tech Congress. It's been amazing working with you. That's it for now. Follow our Twitter at Congressfellows to keep up with Celeste's adventures throughout the fellowship. A special thank you to New America's Open Technology Institute. 
Tech Congress founder Travis Moore, Senior Advisor Brooke Hunter, and the New America Production Team for their continued support.